when we're faced with something that we can't do anymore, it's it's really important to just bring gratitude to the things that you can do, the things that you still have. Because if we are stuck in that negative space and we're just focused on what we can't have, it's going to feel really disempowering and you're going to just see everything else as it sucks and it's shitty. And I would guess that everyone listening has been in that negative spiral. Are you done with being that pregnant or postpartum mom in the gym who is always stuck on the sidelines feeling horrible, saying, how come no one ever told me this? Are you ready to finally say no to a mom life filled with excess weight, injury, overwhelm, and fatigue? Then help is here. Welcome to the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast, where we dive deep into the information you need to be the strongest woman in and out of the gym, even if you are a mom. If you are done going through your pregnancy or postpartum fitness journey clueless and unprepared, if you are ready to commit and say yes to being that badass fit mom who is shredded and stronger than before the baby, well, listen up. Because this is where we talk about all of the things your doctor or trainer never told you about so that you can achieve the body you want and take your athletic strength and performance to the next level. Get ready, because here's your host, Daisy Bravo. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. I'm coming to you today feeling annoyed with technology because this is actually the second time I am interviewing today's amazing guest, Shelly Belk. We recorded an interview months ago, and when I went to start editing the episode, all I could hear was this little murmur of conversation. So, of course, that that doesn't do. So I did have to get back in touch with Shelly and ask if she was willing to come back and do another interview. And thankfully, she was uh, very graceful and said that she would come back and put up with another interview with me. I'm very appreciative of Shelly today. Now, before I bring in Shelly on for another interview, I wanted to invite you all to check out my newest workout plan, and it is called Flat Abs After Baby, which is perfect if you have a mom pooch, some ab flab, or even if you're struggling with a diastasis. This workout plan is perfect to help you flatten those abs and get into the genes you love. The workouts are quick, they're easy. Uh, A little bit of reading, a little bit of education, but this is the building block that will get your abs nice and strong, tighten up that core so that you are ready for any type of exercise that you are anticipating doing after baby. This isn't just for brand new moms. Anyone can do it if you are struggling with your core. Uh, Wonderful workout. Now, let's get back to the interview. Who is Shelly Belk? Shelly is a behavior change coach who helps athletes overcome stress by changing their mindset. She utilizes the art of life coaching and creates habits that stick from her experience as a board-certified behavior analyst to produce intrinsic transformation. She is a mom of a five-year-old daughter and wife of a fire medic and competitive power lifter and strong man athlete. So I'd love for you guys all to welcome Shelly Belk. So I want to welcome Shelly to the podcast today. 
And so before we jump in, get started, I'd love for you to share who you are and how you came to be a health wellness mindset coach. Who is Shelly? Yeah, thank you for having me, Daisy. I'm really excited to be on here with you. I am, my name is Shelly Belk, and my coaching journey started when I was really burnt out with my job in autism intervention. And it was it was just like exactly what I didn't know that I ever needed. It really allowed me to funnel some new energy into something a little bit different. And, and it really helped that burnout and became something just so much more than what I ever thought it could be. But ultimately, it really put a mirror up to my life and made me do the inner work that I, I think I so desperately needed to do. I think that's what I was seeking. And I most recently just quit my job and I'm now coaching full time. So it's just really come full circle and helping guide other people on that journey as well. I started doing CrossFit in 2012. My husband convinced me to do it. I wasn't really in love with the idea because he was really obsessed with it. And I was like a little put off and I was a little scared of being like bad at doing it, but I totally fell in love. I drank the Kool-Aid, basically started enjoying the Olympic weightlifting side of it. And I got myself a coach. I kept doing CrossFit throughout my pregnancy. And then about a year postpartum, I went and cheered on a friend who was doing a powerlifting competition. And I, I saw her meet and I was like, wow, oh my God, okay, this is what I want to do. What? You get to just max out? That sounds so much fun. So I hired a coach. I signed up for me and I've been doing that for about four years now. And since then I've competed in powerlifting. I did one strongman meet for fun and I just love it. So I'd love to hear kind of you more explain and define what a behavior coach is and does. Like, what do you consider to be your scope of practice when working with a client? Because I hear the word behavior and so many ideas and definitions pop into my head. And what exactly you do when you are working uh, with a client? Yeah, it's just a name that I gave myself, dual uh, coaching certificate in both life coaching and health coaching. And then my master's degree is in behavior analysis. So it's the marriage of the two. I think that it's very much like the art of coaching and that transformation and like finding that motivation and self uh, inquiry. And then the behavior side is like the practical how to's, like how to habit build so that this is ingrained in what you're doing. So we do a lot of mindset, which I think um, is like a buzzword that's thrown around there. And to me, that definition is really simple. It's just the way that we think about things. It's the lens that we view things in. And our behavior is literally anything that we do. Like it's as simple as like when the doorbell rings, I open the door. Like it's like when I'm stressed, I eat a bag of chips. Like it's just anything that we are doing. I think sometimes, especially as moms, we we think of the word behavior. We think it's like bad, like has maybe like a negative connotation. So I'm just, when I'm working with you, we're doing both of those things, the practical how-tos to actually shift the actions and the behaviors that you're doing while up dating what I say, like your inner game, which is a lot of what might be holding you back from doing the behaviors that you want to be doing. And I really love that, especially with elite athletes, when it comes to working on habits, working on behavior, mindset, and even accountability. So I really appreciate how 
you have a, a combined approach here and, and you're really doing it from different you know, perspectives, different avenues, and it's like the whole package. So I, I really love your background. So that is just super interesting. I love to ask my guests their fitness journey, like before motherhood and what did that look like? And then during your pregnancy, what did that look like? What have been your struggles with powerlifting, especially through motherhood? Once I got into CrossFit, there's like that community and my husband was doing it and, and it was really like, wow, I'm really strong. I was not athletic growing up and I just, that's how I perceive myself. That's my mindset. That's my story that I grew up with. I'm just not athletic, like period. Clearly that wasn't true. I just lived in a household that that wasn't prioritized and we didn't have money for that and things like that. So I did CrossFit and that journey was borderline obsessive. I started like doing two a days and wouldn't want to miss a workout. I don't want to say that it was unhealthy because it changed a lot about how I perceived like health and fitness, but I definitely did the paleo. Like I look back at how I was eating with how much I was exercising. I'm like, Oh my gosh, girl, I wish you ate more carbs. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had gotten pregnant the first time and I lost the baby and the doctor had assured me it was not because of exercise. And of course I questioned that. I also have type one diabetes. It was like none of that. And I still very much believe that to be true. And so I ended up getting pregnant about three months later after that. And I still did CrossFit throughout that I didn't have, I wish I had someone like you. I didn't have a coach to tell me what to do and what not to do. Even back then I stopped doing like double unders and I, I didn't even know that it was called coning, but I was like, I remember doing like tripod pushdowns or whatever. And I noticed, I was like, why does my stomach look like that? That does not look right. So I definitely listened to my body, but there were things that just because I could be, do it. Like in hindsight, doesn't mean I should have been doing it. The CrossFit main page, a bunch of people had sent one of my videos to them. They picked it up. They reposted it. Lots of mean people on there <laughs> saying horrible things. And then there was like the nice ones. But yeah, so I kept exercising, I think three days before I gave birth. And then pretty soon after I had an emergency C-section. So five weeks later, the doctor had get, gave me the go ahead to keep exercising. And I just started with like bands, but I didn't do any sort of rehab. Again, I just honestly didn't know better. And I don't know, as far as I know, I'm fine. But yeah, like I said, a year um, later, I started getting into powerlifting. And, and that was the first time I had a coach that was an online coach. It, it wasn't like in the CrossFit aspect of things. And things have, yeah, I think the normal struggles in terms of motherhood was like the guilt, the mom guilt of leaving my baby. I think honestly, the biggest struggle has been through COVID, we were really fortunate enough to just have a barbell and have a rack and just have the, the kind of minimum things in our basement. It was basically like the size of a closet, but I was still able to do my training a little bit modified. But, and at first it was like really fun. Wow. My daughter's watching us do this. Like she knows I go to the gym for her to really watch and really model. And she was into it and we got her a trainer bar and she knows the names of like deadlifts and pull-ups. Like she like, this is so great. But then it just was not 
it just was not as fun. Like I wasn't getting the time to myself. She would, she knew to like not come across this line because we're lifting and she would come and put a toy on my stomach as I'm benching. And I'm like, oh my God, you're going to get us killed. But I tried like really hard to just know that this isn't what it used to be. I can't be attached to what that used to be because this is not even in the realm of the same. And when I went back to the gym, I finally realized like, wow, that was a lot harder than I let myself admit. Yeah. I think I just went on a tangent there for you, but that I appreciate your journey and being honest, but I wanted to dive into kind of things like identity and ego and control and this sort of type A-ness <laughs> and how it plays into pregnancy, postpartum, and motherhood. And just like yourself, I work with a lot of athletic women. Some are CrossFitters, some are lifters, some are even endurance athletes. And the common thread that I see amongst them is this like ego identity and this sense of needing control. So many athletic new moms really try to maintain this fit identity or, or feel the pressure to follow this ego and feel the need to stay in control in pregnancy and postpartum and motherhood. And sometimes at, at the expense of health, how would you help someone in this situation? And I guess it's hard because some of these things are so powerful and maybe they don't even realize, like you said earlier, I didn't know coning was a thing or that I needed to do, or there were things that I need to not do during pregnancy. Kind of, you don't know what you don't know. Do you, and I guess it's hard, you're not maybe not necessarily working with pregnant or postpartum women all the time, but how do you help women their ego in check? Yeah, I think you nailed it. Like sometimes we just don't even realize it's a problem. And in hindsight, this was definitely me. And so in order to do this, it takes a lot of self-awareness. And at the time I just didn't have that. I didn't have the knowledge. So I do try and teach what the ego even is I think we hear, especially in the fitness realm, oh, like an ego lift, like that kind of is like this YOLO, I just want to do it to feel good. But that's not really like in terms of like psychology, like what ego really means. I think to me and my journey, just learning, like having that knowledge was really powerful to be like, oh, wow. Like I just, I just thought this was me. I didn't know this was like everyone. So I'll talk a little bit about my journey and see if that resonates with you or anyone else. For me, it was like having something to prove. Like I said, I had type one diabetes. Everyone was like, oh, you're going to have a big baby. Um, and I'm like, hell, I will. I'm very well controlled. I ex like, I'm going to continue to exercise this whole time. Like I will not have a big baby. And there's a big misconception, right? Between like type one diabetes, type two diabetes, gestational diabetes. And so that was the first thing I had to quote unquote prove. And especially having a chronic illness and, and, and exercising, I think people think, oh, like you're fragile. You can't do that. I think it's good to be aware of the things that people say about you. Oh my gosh, you're so strong. Oh, you're so inspirational. That feeds the ego, right? Now we, we want to continue to be perceived that way. So like I said, I listened to my body during pregnancy, but I'll be honest, there was probably a few things that I had no real reason to do other than the fact that I could do it, other than the fact that I knew people were questioning and pushing back. And the, I think it's important to know that 
we want to feel like we're in full control. We want to have autonomy. So when people are, are questioning you, like you're just going to dig your heels in more if you don't understand your true reasons why you're doing something. It's just our natural instinct to want to rebel and, and be right. Or your ego's natural instinct, I should say. So if I were to help someone now through that situation, I would really walk them through finding out what is important right now in this stage of their life. Because if you are a fit person going into to um, pregnancy. Of course, there's an identity attached to that. Um, So I might ask them something like, who would you be if you didn't have this identity attached to you? And that's going to be a really big reveal. This can reveal the motivation of your, that, that kind of ego and control. And to give that knowledge that your ego is just there for protection. Its whole job is just to keep you safe and protected from the things that we feel like we need to hide, the things that we don't want other people to know about us. So for instance, if I look at my pregnancy and I wanted to be perceived as like strong and resilient and inspirational, that I was unstoppable, right? All these like wonderful things that people were thinking about me. The question would be, who who would I be without those things? I would be weak. I would be unimportant. I would be not special. I wouldn't be memorable, inspiring. So the ego wants to protect me from that. And it takes a lot of work. Like this is a big topic. It's not like someone's going to hear this and tomorrow be like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. But it's important to know that you are all those things without doing anything additional. You don't have anything to prove. So to the expense of your health, You might be doing those things because if you believe you're less than and you're none of those things, you're going to want to protect that. Does that make sense? It's like very, it's like a, this is like a, this is a big topic. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. And I, I really liked what you said there with, with almost the reframe and the ego being out there as a protective mechanism for hiding maybe something different, maybe a diff- some insecurity, like this mask or armor that you wear to to protect yourself. Especially individuals that, especially athletes that are very active where they're under a lot of scrutiny. So someone's watching them on social media. They have a lot of followers, for, for example. And people have expectations of them to be lifting a certain amount, as an example. And I, I really like that idea of having that conversation of like, why do you do this? Who are you in the first place? Who are you in a deeper level? And is, let's say, lifting heavy the only thing that can help you maintain that identity? And that's kind of what I interpreted from what you were saying, that there are other ways to achieve your deeper purpose and your deeper sense of being. And it may look different at different times in your life. I can imagine that being a very difficult conversation. (laughs) And so when you're chatting with your clients, is this on the gym floor? Is this on a Zoom call? Is this on the side? What does that look like when you're having some of these harder and deeper conversations? Yeah. So my program is 90 days and it's uh, weekly phone calls or Zoom, whichever you most feel comfortable with. And it's weekly to keep with that accountability that a lot of us need in the beginning before it becomes intrinsically motivated and gives you time to actually then have, I call them action steps to just put things in. But no, it's private and it's, and then it gives me the ability to work with 
kind of anyone, anywhere. (laughs) And do you have like a framework of questions and things that you ask people or do you learn about them and then figure out how to make, you know, changes or adjust behavior and, and things like that? Yeah, it's pretty individualized. So the first session is always going to be the same. We're going to figure out what I call like your motivating factor. Like, why do you want what you want? Not just, I want to lose weight. What's really underneath that? And that is the basis. And and when we start deviating from that and we start doing self-sabotage, which we will, when we're trying to change things in our life, we will be faced with that, that we have um, a deeper understanding of why we want to keep going. So that's always, that will always be the same, but everything from there is really, I might have an idea of what I want the session to look like, but if they're having a particularly bad week at work or whatever, it's whatever you're coming to me with. I take a very like holistic view of the person because for one person, I'll just stick with the theme of weight loss. That might be their roadblocks might be deeply rooted. I should, let me rewind. Their weight loss might be because work, right? Like work constantly gets in the way or it could be because their their kids are just like they have to make many too many meals for each kid or whatever it might be all of it will be pulled like that mindset in there but it's just the reasons why we do or don't do things are just different for everyone mm-hmm. interesting i like that that's super cool <laughs> your program sounds absolutely amazing and, uh, thank you perfect for, for i think everyone needs this to be honest Honestly, with you. i do too <laughs> right i'm just like thinking oh my god <laughs> i need this right now <laughs> we definitely have uh, we let things get in our like roadblocks we all have our own personal roadblocks how do you help clients when they're maybe in a phase of life where they can't do the things that they're passionate about for maybe it's forever maybe it's just temporary maybe they have an injury maybe they are pregnant how would you coach someone through they maybe are that person that's always at the gym early they're gung-ho and then all of a sudden they can't do the things that that they love maybe temporary or long term How, how would you coach someone through that Yeah, this is a tough situation. I think that it's important to allow yourself to feel whatever is coming up, disappointment, sadness, anger, rather than just like, how can I, and I I do a lot of reframes and seeing things differently, but I don't encourage people to just get stuck in like that happiness trap. It gets really important to acknowledge all the spectrums of emotions that you might be faced with. So that would be step one. And then... I would want to look at finding out what makes them feel like they have to stop because I think sometimes we attach that if we can't do things exactly the way that we want to do it, that means like we can't do it anymore, but that's not always true. So I would, I would probably just inquire a little bit about do do we have to stop or does it just have to look different? And then I would probably try to find out like what that thing symbolized for them So for instance, if you were a runner and now you're injured, like what did running symbolize for you? What did that encompass? Was that quiet time away from your kids? Was that listening to the music that you wanted to listen to and not Trolls World Tour? Is that like just being like fresh air, being outdoors? It's usually more than a few things what that symbolized. And then how can we create space for maybe hitting some of those marks and just controlling like what you can from that? The other thing, like when we're faced with something that we can't do anymore, it's 
in my opinion, really important to just bring gratitude to the things that you can do, the things that you still have. Because if we are stuck in that negative space and we're just focused on what we can't have, it's going to feel really disempowering and you're going to just see everything else as it be like it sucks and it's shitty. And I would guess that everyone listening has been in that negative spiral. For sure. Definitely can relate to that one. (laughs) Now, another common thing I hear from moms when they're pregnant or postpartum is that they look at themselves in the mirror and they can't recognize the person looking back at them. How can women start to turn around that feeling? Does it need to start internally first before kind of getting back out there and making changes externally? What's that process look like? Especially when we start comparing ourselves to our old body or or, our old abilities that maybe we currently can't lift as heavy since we're recovering. What does that look like when we start playing that comparison game? Yeah. Um, I think, again, just sitting with those feelings a little bit, asking if we were to look back at that ego, what is that protecting you from? What is this story? What is this narrative you have around how you're supposed to look right now? What you used to be able to do? What is that protecting? I think there's a lot of information there that we don't really allow ourselves to, to question, to sit with, to find the answer to. But to answer your question, I don't think it has to be separate. I don't think you have to work on one thing first, but that inner work that you do around it is going to breed a lot of self-compassion, which is going to move you forward rather than if you're like bashing yourself along the way. So this was something that was difficult for me. I remember everyone saying, oh, you're, you're still exercising. Like you're going to bounce right back. And I think I was like maybe six weeks postpartum. I'm like, can we get a definition of what right back means? Like what a stupid thing to say. Like you'll never be the same. You will never ever be the same. Nothing about life, nothing about you will be the same. So I think it's important that anytime you find yourself comparing what you're doing to either how you used to look or what, how someone else looks, remember, you can't have just that one thing. You can't just pick that one thing, their body or what they're lifting or what you used to lift. You have to have all of it. So whether it's that person's body, you'd have to have their whole life. Are you willing to do that? Or if it's, you know, your morning, And you have to mourn it. Like you really have to grieve it. But if you're mourning your old self, your old body, that would also have to include not having your child. You just don't get to pick and choose those things. And then if we're stuck in that negative cycle of that comparing, I think it's important to ask yourself, what is this accomplishing? What am I really getting out of letting this consume me? And where would that energy be better directed, right? You likely want that. You likely want to look different because you want to be strong and ask yourself, what does that mean now as a mom? Is that because I want to model health and and wellness? How is your stressing? How is your comparing? What is that modeling? Is that the picture of health and wellness? These are, it's just reframing and questioning yourself. What else? Same thing, similar to what I had said, sit with gratitude. There's so much that your body has done. And now that you're a mom, seriously, it's honestly, it's incredible. It's amazing. You've survived on no sleep, not only no sleep, but you had to care for this helpless being. If this was your journey, you might have nourished uh, a baby with your body. You, you, You carried that baby. So I think 
leaning towards you, you cannot experience like a negative emotion and gratitude at the same time. It's just not possible. So if you're feeling really stuck, just lean into some of that gratitude and know that it's normal. I don't want people hearing this thinking like, oh, I shouldn't be doing those things. It is normal, but that should be information to move forward. It shouldn't be where we were stuck there because you certainly won't thrive when you're stuck there. Yeah. I think that those are my big ones. <laughs> yeah. And I know a lot of times when we are like obsessed with being, looking a certain way or ch- achieving a certain goal, we're passionate about something. It's hard to see sometimes the forest, you know, for the trees and see where we've come from, where we currently are. But we, a lot of people tend to think in the past and I really like the idea of reflecting and seeing if we're doing this for the right reasons and doing this from a state of gratitude as opposed to a state of lack and feeling mourning loss and really seeing where we come from. So I, I really appreciate that. And I think it may be difficult for some to to start through that journey of mourning the loss of maybe what they had before, because it's never going to be the same again. And I really like that. But then deep down trying to figure out why am I doing this in the first place? Or why do I need this in the first place? And what am I willing to sacrifice in order to look like maybe an athlete that you have in mind? So I, I really appreciate your answer on that one. I'm sure it's given a lot of a lot of people clarity and and I want to ask a question because as a mother I'm sure you've experienced a lot of the craziness of motherhood firsthand and what advice would you give to moms who are having difficult with that whole image or idea of having it all doing it all being the best mom you know not having that mom guilt and finding and still trying trying to find you know time for yourself and and your own self-care I would start with saying there's no such thing as doing it all and having it. I think so much of this journey for myself has just been to really question my beliefs, question the stories that were told to me. I think the best thing you can do for yourself is to redefine motherhood. If you look at your parents and their parents, motherhood did not include being fit, but now it gets to, that gets to be your life and you get to decide what that looks like. And and the the faster that you can define that, like our mind is the laser. It wants to, it wants clarity. It wants to know what we're moving towards. And if you're stuck with, this is how it's quote unquote supposed to be, and I'm not hitting that mark, then here comes the ego. Like we've got to protect protect ourselves to tie that in. And there's a lot of emotions that come with that. It it can really affect your consistency in anything that you're doing, right? If the behavior is anything. So whether that's consistent in your self-care or your exercise adherence or nutrition adherence, if you are thinking that you're bad or less than, or you're not a good mom because you're not doing whatever story you've, you've been fed that you're continuing to live with, there's a lot of emotions that come up with that. So if you're, if you think that your emotions, let me rewind that. If you are stuck thinking that you are your emotions, then your words and your actions and your behaviors are going to resemble the ups and downs of your internal world. So you need to know what it is that you're doing and feel good about it. That's where that consistency is going to come from. That's how you're going to not feel guilty. That's how you're going to show up for yourself in that self-care. And part of that too is what is your unrealistic expectation? 
self-care could literally be like, I'm going to do 10 belly breaths for myself to regulate my nervous system right now. It doesn't have to be something luxurious. Like I'm going to go have a mom's night out. Maybe one day that will be what self-care looks like for those of you that are in the thick of it maybe not, but find something that you can call yours. Because if you're just stuck in that negative cycle and constantly letting your emotions dictate your action, it's going to be really hard to be consistent for your health, consistent for your family, consistent for yourself. And it'll never feel good enough. This goes a lot deeper too, with like people pleasing and boundaries and, and, um, and things like that. And again, it's just like reconstructing all of these beliefs that we might've once had around certain things in motherhood. But yeah, really the best thing you can do for yourself, if you're not engaging in any sort of self-care, make one small promise to yourself. Even if it's like, I'm going to drink 50 ounces of water today, that's it. And just, and don't break that promise because then you stop believing in yourself. I think the... I think this is along the, the the lens of what you're or along the lines of what you're asking. But for me, I I think that being consistent and modeling that for your child is so important. And having that self-care is so important because your children right now may be small, but one day they're gonna be adults. And I don't know about you, but <laughs> being an adult was something to dread. It was, oh, you don't want to be a, be a kid. You have to pay, ta- like pay bills and blah, 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 blah. Like it was always something to dread. And so my friend once said to me, and it's like always stuck with me. No, I want to show my kid that it's fun to be an adult. So for me, I want to show my daughter that an adult can be fun. You can be full of energy and be an adult if you're showing up for yourself in the ways that feel best and are healthy. And being an adult can be something that you look forward to. And that can be your gift to your child, but you have to do it. You can't just talk about it. You have to do it and show them. That's my soapbox. <laughs> that was pretty cool. And I'm, I know that's definitely going to help a lot of moms out there and definitely very relatable. So I want to thank you for, for coming on the show today and uh, coming on again for a, a second time <laughs> and joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I, I wanted to bring you back because you do a lot of the important work that that people ignore and people stifle and people put aside. And I really want to thank you for that. And I want you now to take the time to share with us how people can work with you, how you work with people, where we can find you and stalk you online. Plug yourself any way you wish. Yeah, I'm most active on Instagram. You can find me at Shelly Belt Coaching. There's a link to my website there as well. And yeah, I really just like to connect and get to know you. If you're interested in my program, I offer two programs, a 90-day pathway to health and wellness and a 90-day pathway to empowerment. Both will give you that, that behavior change and the mindset. Just focusing either on like nutrition and exercise adherence. And the other is focusing on like that work-life stress balance. And if you just want to get to know me more, I actually just started a private Facebook group that I'm looking for women that just want to like champion each other, like cheer each other on. I think that I've found personally that a lot of motherhood is, is belonging to like 
negativity and who has it worse. And and I just want to hear like your wins. If you're like, oh my gosh, I ran one time this week. I want everyone, I, I want you to not be like, I only ran once this week. Yes, go girl. Like, how can we support you? How can we check in on you? I really want to encourage like healthy venting, like speaking up if you want advice or you're just wanting to just get things off your chest and just not perpetuate this negative narrative that just ends up being really disempowering. So that's something free. If you just want to know a little bit more about me and and hear more about what I have to say, that's something that you guys can join as well. Wonderful. Thank you. I'm going to plug in uh, your website and plug in your Instagram on the show notes here so that everyone that, um, you know, wants to follow you is, and is interested in your program can certainly seek out more information that way. Shelly, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you being so gracious and coming on here and chatting me, with me today. I know you did talk about some, you know, personal stuff, and I really want to thank you for being vulnerable and, and sharing today. Thank you so much. I had a great time. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to bringing you more fun and amazing episodes just like this one. But actually, before I say goodbye, I just wanted to remind you again about Flat Abs After Baby. Check it out at flatabsafterbaby.com. Anyone can use this program. You don't have to be a brand spanking new mom if you're concerned about your core, diastasis, and a little bit even your pelvic floor too. This is great. I help you to use your own personal anatomy to strengthen and correct the abs and give that flattening out effect. There are a number of ab muscles in the core, and I want to make sure that you are using the right ones to help create that slimming and flattering appearance as opposed to creating that little mom pocket that kind of gets stuck when you're doing up your jeans. So we're just flip-flopping the muscles that you use predominantly on an everyday basis. And I teach you how to use the lazy muscles, the relaxed muscles, and help that full core engage. So you're definitely going to want to check out flatabsafterbaby.com. And as always, if you have questions for me about the podcast or even about my new program, drop me an email at daisy at strongmomsfitness.com. Thanks so much and have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to seeing you next time on the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. Now remember, go subscribe so that you are the first to know as soon as new episodes drop. Also, be sure you don't miss out on your chance to win a free program of your choice from Strong Moms Fitness. All you have to do is leave a five-star review. Screenshot it before you submit and send it to daisy at strongmomsfitness.com. Your review helps other people find our show. And as a thank you, once a month, we choose the review that makes us all warm and tingly inside and award that lucky lady a free program of their choice. So do it now. It could be you. See you next time, you badass mom, you.